0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. You know, with with uh, Christianity, with our life as Christians, Christianity is a clear, defined decision to do something with your life. There's two sides to it. There's, there's when you become a Christian, there's things you don't do and then things you do. It's not just a, I'm quitting sin and that's Christianity. It's I'm quitting sin to pursue righteousness. Christianity Virtue is a forward-moving thing. It's something that has momentum. It's something that that isn't just a, I'm stopping this. It's a, I'm quitting this to move forward in the things of God. And so you aim not just to avoid sin. You aim to seek and pursue right standing and righteousness with God. You know, and it was impressed upon my heart to tell you, you can't have it both ways. There's many people that the number one thing that plagues them is is not that they don't go to church it's not that they don't have a good family it's not that they don't know what to do the number one thing that plagues them is they want to have it both ways they want to be able to blend when it comes to the things of god and also be able to do their thing when it comes to the things of the world there is a pull from the world but we are called to come out from among them to to touch not the unclean thing you know god hates sin he hates compromise so as Christians, you make a conscious decision. It's a decision of your will. The word sin means to miss the mark. The word, it's its an archery, it actually came from an archery term where someone was aiming and they were aiming at the target and they missed. It was to miss the mark, but you're aiming in one direction. The word transgressions means to go across, to know exactly what to do, but to do the opposite. So there's a difference between sin and transgression. But I don't tell you that just to give you a definition. It's to make you understand that it's a heart motive. I had a conversation with with someone the other day, and it was someone who uh, um, uh, was was uh, a medic. And I was just chatting with him about life and different things, and and um, I led him to the Lord, and he prayed this in his prayer, a young guy. And he said, "Hey, let me ask you a question." He said, "I'm uh, I want to get a gun, um, but my family doesn't really like the idea of that. But I, I've always wondered, and I know other people wonder." If I got a gun and had it next to my bed and someone broke in and I shot him, would I go to hell for shooting that person? And uh, I said, well, let me get my Bible. And so I grabbed my phone and I showed him a verse in Luke 22, and it said, sell your cloak and and buy a sword. And so um, I began to talk with him about the motive of the heart. I said, you know, it's different. I said, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of having a gun, and this is not what this podcast is about, but I'm getting somewhere here. I'm a, I'm a big fan of of... of of having something to protect your family in this day and age. Um, I said, it's about your heart motive. If someone breaks in, you don't have to hate them to shoot them. You have to just know it's either me or it's them. I said, the difference would be that if you take that same gun and someone wrongs you and you put that gun in your glove box and you hunt them down and you shoot them, that comes from a place of of your heart motive. Many Christians who grew up in the church and 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 have been around the things of God, have never made a full-on decision, I will serve the Lord, regardless of what my friends do, regardless of what my family does, if my brother never serves the Lord, if my mom never goes back to church, if my parents never go back to church, if my parents mock me for being a Christian. No matter what anyone decides to do, with with my full wits about me, full full decision of my will. Lord, I will serve you. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And Christianity is a decision. So you can't have it both ways. What you're not able to do is, is, is have it one day where you can blend in with the world and then another day blend it and then try to fit into the things of God. It takes a full consecration. It's the same thing with marriage. Marriage, you don't get to be, oh, I'm in love with you 95% of the time. And the other 5%, you know, I may go. Uh, hang out with with another girl, right? That doesn't work. Marriage is a not only are you the only one for me, but I, but I won't even look at another girl. The, you you have my eyes for the rest of my life. You have my eyes. You have my hard work. You have all of me. And it's a picture of our of our relationship with the Lord, where you make a decision. I I'm not going to be somebody who who has one foot in the world and one foot out. I want to read you a scripture. It's Proverbs twenty eight thirteen. It says, he that covers his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesses and forsakes them shall have mercy. God is looking to give people mercy. Mercy is where you mess up and God forgives you and doesn't give you ju- the judgment you deserve. God is looking to give mercy. This is a time, we're in a time where God is, express- is giving mercy. There will come a time where there'll be no more mercy. We'll call that the, the, the judgment day. There'll be no more mercy. You know, for, for humans, you have the time that you're allotted here on this earth to get it right with God. And many people play around with sin and they've never fully made up their mind. I don't care. I'd rather die than than sin against God, live a life of sinning against God. And and have you ever felt, have you ever felt, this is how you know, when, when you can hear preaching and it cannot even challenge you anymore. When you can hear preaching and it's almost like you're hiding from God, But as long as you keep moving fast enough, he won't be able to see you. It's this feeling of like, I I know things aren't right, but I'm not slowing down to to take an account of what I've done wrong. And so you have to allow the Spirit of God. You know, the Spirit of God comes to convict you, to say, hey, hold on a minute. You know what's going on in your heart. You know what you've done. I'm not here to condemn you. But it takes repentance to come back to God. It takes living a holy life to serve God. But what happens is when you decide, I'm going to serve the Lord. Father, forgive me. There there comes a godly sorrow. Lord, I don't want to mess around in those things anymore. I don't want to have another day of the pull of sin in the world. I know sin can be pleasurable for a season, but I'm not willing to stake my life on it. Do you know how many people who are in hell today because they thought, well, let me just take a break from the things of God. You know, there's a new opportunity over here to explore some things I've never explored before. And then their life is required of them. And so you have to make up your mind. I'm not going to be a person that lives one foot in the world and one foot out. If you want to serve the Lord, it takes number one, living a clean and pure life. You you protect your life from disaster. You protect your life from being cut short. You protect it by serving God. The number one key to the kingdom of God is to live a holy life. Because you can have faith, but faith works by love. You can have faith, but it, but it takes confidence, knowing who you are, not living in a life of not living a life of sin. Bishop Ataboye said, "The number one." F- The number one fight that you'll fight as a Christian is the the fight over sin and self. God wants you to walk out victorious. God doesn't want you living one foot in the world, one foot out. You can't have it both ways. You can't be in sin and serve the Lord. Jesus, the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both you and your seed may live. It's up to you to choose. And many people today who are in hell because they, they, there is a decision before them and they thought they had time. They thought there was time to get it right. I got all my life ahead of me, but they didn't know that that night their life would be required of them. No one is guaranteed tomorrow. No one is guaranteed tomorrow. When, when there's sin in your life, there's an open door and the devil would like nothing more than to cut your life short and cause you to spend an eternity in hell. Don't let him do it. You make a decision. I, I'm, I'm choosing to live ready to see the King. I'm choosing. It doesn't matter what it costs me. I'd rather sit on the side of the road and beg for the rest of my life and go to heaven. If I had to choose between that, and, and living in a mansion with anything I could ever ask for and going to hell. I would rather, because the price that Jesus paid for me, I won't miss it for the world. You know, Revelations 2 has a, has a verse that, that, that's, that you have to do some digging to understand what it means. It's verse 6. It says, but this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. And then verse 14, but I have a few things against you because there has been them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols and to commit fornication. So you have also them that hold the doctrines of the Nicolaitans, which I hate. When God, when Jesus tells you he hates something, pay attention. The Bible says, love righteousness and hate wickedness. Christianity is not just about trying to minimize your sin so you can go to heaven. Christianity is meant to put a love in your heart for the things of God. You know, there's a red hot love that comes in your heart when you get born again. God, I love you. You paid. It's the only response to salvation. Lord, the price that you paid for me. Father, I love you. I want to please you. But the devil works to pull you away. where your fire goes out. And where you don't love, you're not passionate about the things of God anymore. They become commonplace. It's just what I do. Even you find yourself mocking the things of God. There's people in dangerous places where they get around church and they mock the church. Everything they do, they've got more complaints about church than thankfulness. You know, today I was talking to my wife and we were in the car and I was saying, let's just take some time and tell the Lord what we're thankful for. And I I went down the list and I was saying, Father, I'm thankful for my wife. You've given me an awesome wife and a son. And I was going on the list and I said, Lord, thank you for this church you've placed me in. And a pastor that I know is th- is is in the right place. I know he's not off in error somewhere. Lord, thank you for someone who's gr- a pastor who's grounded in the Word. If you find yourself complaining more about church, complaining about people who are hypocritical, where you look at church and you become jaded, that's a dangerous place to be because the devil works on your heart because he associates your relationship with God with your with church, and so if it feels like You're growing further away from the things of God. You need to stop and say, Lord, I'm humbling myself. Lord, not everyone's perfect. People make mistakes. It doesn't matter what someone said to you at church, what leader was rude to you at church. It doesn't matter. You make a decision. God, I'm humbling myself before you. Father, I have to know you. I have to be on fire for you. The Nicolaitans were known for bringing compromise. They brought compromise. When it says the Doctrine of Balaam, he put a stumbling block, he brought in sexual promiscuity and compromise. The Nicolaitans talk about being someone who's not on fire for the Lord, someone who's, there's there was compromise that was brought into the camp, where it was a mixture of living in the world, pagan, pagan practices and Christianity. And so we see that now with people who think, you know, there's churches that have drinking, you know, uh, they have these beer and brewery nights, and people who tolerate sin, where they don't preach against sin. But you have to decide for yourself. You know, Christianity is supposed to spark a fire on the inside of you. Lord, not only do I love you, but I hate the things that you hate. I hate even the garment that's spotted by the flesh. Lord, I I never want to sin against you all the days of my life. I believe even right now, that's being reawakened in people that on the inside of you, you're waking up and you're saying, no, I will serve the Lord with my whole heart. I won't, you know, there's areas of compromise, but you have to cut the head off the dragon. You don't let it sit around for another day. You don't get comfortable, or familiar with it. You decide I'm going to serve God. I'm going to live a whole, li- I'm going to live my whole life for the King. Cause what else is there? Life is not about what you gain. Life is not about even what you accomplish. Life is about saying yes to Jesus Christ. If you don't do that, if you drift away from that, everything else has been waste. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world, but to lose, lose his own soul? So I want to give you an opportunity where if you say, I know many of you go to church where I go to church. So many of you hear great preaching all the time and you have chances to answer the altar call. But for many of you, you, you don't. For many of you, There hasn't been a strong altar call in a long time. Some of you may have drifted away, this COVID thing. Oh, I can't watch online. You've just been chilling. Hardly anything spiritually. I want to give you an opportunity today to get it right with God. God sees you. It's time to stop and face the King. Lord, I'm sorry for making mistakes. I'm sorry for the sin in my life. If that's you, if you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, if you need to get things right with God, the way you know, is your heart begins to beat faster. You know you've grown cold. You know you used to be full on fire in worship, and now you can barely get yourself even to stand up to clap. This is for you. I want you to pray this with me. Say it with all of your heart. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Be my Lord and Savior. I ask you to wash me in your blood. Set my heart on fire for you. Jesus, you are everything to me. I love you, Jesus. Now, lift your hands. Father, I thank you for them. I thank you, Lord, for your goodness. I thank you, Lord, for your grace. Grace them to serve you acceptably. Lord, where they've missed it, Father, forgive them. Grant them to grant them to be restored to you, Lord. I thank you, Father. Thank you that they will serve you and they will accomplish what you've called them to do. In Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed that, I'd love to hear from you. I'm on Instagram at Ryan Yesta. I think it's underscore at the end, at Ryan Yesta underscore. Love to hear from you. Love to hear from you either way. Love to hear from our listeners. We love you. God bless you. Man, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You choose. I'm staying on fire for God. I will serve the Lord for all of my days. God bless you. I love you. We'll see you on the next podcast.